0: It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is gonna get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh! Ship station of the ECU Pirates. All
1: right, all right, all right. Here we are. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, it is an abbreviated version of the Patrick Johnson show after no show yesterday. Uh, East Carolina with a uh, defeat at the hands of Campbell, who will undoubtedly be nationally ranked after this uh, performance yesterday. Uh, we're going to have Mike Mullis on in a little bit. Uh, Molly's going to talk about uh, the series with UNC coming up, the game yesterday. And uh, we are going to uh, talk a little bit about Marvin Jarman as well uh, with, uh, with Mike Mullis. I don't know. Let me make sure. Hang on. I, uh, I had this yesterday and then we didn't have a show. Uh, just one second here. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find this, uh, Bobby, bop, 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 bop. I was going to give you the, um, info for Marvin. Uh, and here it is. So, uh, Marvin's service, memorial service arrangements are as follows. Uh, the visitation and viewing will be at Wilkerson's on Friday, and that'll be from four until six 30. And then the memorial service, they're going to actually have that at the same time as the uh, sold-out UNC baseball game for the Pirates uh, at 2 p.m. at J.H. Rose High School in the Rose Garden, the gymnasium there. Uh, They are asking, uh, are the family and the friends of Marvin are are asking that uh, everyone, uh, rather than wearing black like you would to a funeral or um, something like that, wear green, rose green, to both events, so uh, whether you're attending one or the other, uh, the family's hoping that you'll wear JH Rose Green to the uh, service for Marvin, and we'll uh, we'll give that information out uh, obviously uh, tomorrow. I don't think we have a show Friday, so uh, we will continue to make mention of uh, of that undoubtedly. All right. Um, pirates lose on the road by one run it's the fourth straight one run game that uh campbell has won over east carolina and uh, we're going to go over some of the sound right now in our pirate report
0: and now patrick johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ecu pirates 94.3 the game all
1: Uh, Cliff Godwin, after the game,
2: talking about that the team uh, played hard but just didn't do things they needed to do to win on the road. Yeah, I thought we competed. Um, we just didn't play good enough. You know, I told them before that when you go on the road, man, you got to win the game. you got to make more plays than the other team. And we didn't play good enough defensively. We didn't pitch good enough. When I say that is, we had too many free 90s, and I'm sure it's double digits between walks, hit by pitches, wild pitches, and then just not catching the ball on the defensive side. So I um, thought we battled. We just didn't play good enough, so we got to get better. And then uh, he was asked about the pitchers only allowing six hits. Yeah, but to me freebies. And, uh, you know, there were some bright spots by all of them at some point in time, but just not good enough. So uh, we'll get to practice tomorrow and get better.
1: Okay, and uh, let's see here. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Coach Godwin. Talking about why at Lunsford shinkman and
2: how he pitched. Yeah, he's got good stuff, but he, he wasn't sharp at times. His pitch count got up. You know, we need him to be a little bit sharper um, so he can save some pitches.
1: And uh, let's see here. Cliff reiterating you have to play
2: clean to win on the road. You got to. I mean, you go on the road, especially. I mean, it's, you got to play better. You know, sometimes when you're at home, you can cover up some things, but we played really clean baseball this weekend. We didn't walk guys. We didn't hit guys. We didn't give guys free 90s, whether it be wild pitches or errors. And tonight it was, I mean, a plethora of uh, free 90s.
1: Pilk, am I the only one that's noticing a little ACDC blasting at uh, Campbell, the, uh, the school with religious affiliation? Is that yeah. So am I the only one?
3: Yeah, that was uh they were partying after that <laughs> win. They were happy to be three and one.
1: Well, a lot of people say it's their Super Bowl. All right. Uh Godwin would ask if he wishes the team was tested more over the weekend. Interesting question. Here we go. We just played really good. I mean,
2: no offense. We'd have hey, we played a lot of teams, we'd have beat those teams so this weekend. Uh, but you know, they weren't close games and it's good for us to play close games because it'll prepare us for the, end of the
1: season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh coach on uh Chris Kaler's uh, Start the transfer.
2: He did what he needed to do. I mean there was one thing I could critique him is, you know, you can't hit the nine hole guy on a one-two count, you know, and the pitch will flipped me away and, and throw it up and in and hit him in the head. So uh which he's not trying to do that, but we've just got to execute pitches better.
1: That's uh pretty much the long and the short of that. I mean, uh look, Campbell's gonna be nationally ranked. Uh, they've got uh two wins over the number seventeen team in the country and the uh, number 11 team in the country in uh, the latest polls. So they'll come in next week, ranked, ranked, I would think, inside the top uh, 20. What's going on here? And a little maintenance on the fairway. And uh, so I I really think at this point, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Camels do when they venture out on the road. But, look, Chris Hare has done a fabulous job with that program, Uh, and he has, much like Cliff Godwin does, a true – Championship caliber program, and NCAA program year in and year out. Obviously, with East Carolina, the goal is Omaha, but uh, you know I, I think that is going to uh, not just be lip service in Bowie's Creek. I think that is a, a real goal for Campbell now, year in and year out, our super regionals and opportunities to knock on the door of the uh, College World Series. If you just think about the plethora of uh, top teams that are here, in, just in the state, I mean, you have uh, East Carolina, you have Campbell. You have UNC, who ECU is going to play this weekend in a top 15 matchup. Uh, you've got NC State, which is a top 25 caliber team. Duke is certainly a top 20 caliber, top 15 caliber uh, team with, uh, with a, a, a great fabric in their program. Uh, you've got uh, UNC Wilmington, which is a, a perennial NCAA tournament uh, caliber program. I'm sure I'm leaving out others, but, uh, they have certainly had their, uh, they have had their moments. Uh, all right. Uh, do we need to get straight with Molly on the link or on the phone? Which one do you think we need to go with here? Because, um, I, I, he's, he's sending mixed messages at Mike Mullis is.
3: Yeah, he is. Must have not checked his email. I I emailed it to him yesterday, but I just texted it to him now. So we should be good to go.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I tell you what, I don't want to put you in the spot where, uh, we don't have that lined up uh, when we uh, when we get to him. So that'll give me a chance to remind you that we've got pasc- basketball coming your way at uh, 545 this evening, the pregame, and 6 o'clock, the tip for East Carolina and uh, USF. And uh, this will be uh, a game that is being played at Minji's um, Coliseum. And uh, we'll have Scott Rogers uh, on the call along with uh, Rob Maloney, and they will have that uh, for you. So that is coming up. By the way, the next Pirate Baseball game will be at 4 o'clock on Friday, and you'll hear that right here on 94.3 The Game. All right, we're taking a break. We're going to come back with uh, Mike Mollis in some form. We're going to talk about yesterday's loss with Campbell. We're going to preview the UNC series and uh, talk a little Marvin Jarman here on the Patrick Johnson Shows. We get you ready for Pirate Women's Basketball tonight. Taking the rage out of your drive
0: home.
2: You just cut me off, but it's no
0: big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app.
1: All right, let's uh, give this a go here as we're uh, from the working man's beach yet again today. Uh, Mike Mullis, ECU uh, baseball analyst on ESPN Plus. There he is there. Uh, Good to see Molly as uh, we uh, break down everything going on with uh, pirate baseball and a little bit uh, more. Molly, uh, good to talk to you. And, uh, you know, man, just seems like Campbell uh, at East Carolina always play, play compelling games. And uh, I don't think, you know, it's funny people overreact on, on uh, every pitch, every out, every inning, every result. But, uh, you know, I, I understand the frustration for Pirate fans right now. But, look, I was just talking about it a minute ago. Campbell's a super regional quality program, not team, but program now. And, and there's a reason Cliff Godwin goes to Bowie's Creek the first midweek of every season now.
4: Yeah, you know, you're right. That's a, that's a quality club. They came off a, uh, a weekend that was very productive for them, beating a nationally ranked team. Uh, and and you're right. It's just always a tough time uh, when these two clubs get together.
1: You got to like the idea that, uh, both will, will play each other and they do it in an interesting time. As I said, it's the first, you know, out of the first series of the weekend and, and Campbell had a heck of a first series. Uh, but, uh. You know, that's the first road game for the Pirates. It's a big deal there in Bowie's Creek. It's on a Tuesday, sometimes a Wednesday. And then they always play late in the season on the midweek. So it's almost like you get that early litmus test and then the measuring stick before the uh, postseason.
4: Yeah, you know, last year, uh, Pirate fans didn't like how it turned out, 0-3 against them. And I I will tell you, PJ, I think it's amazing what they do as a staff down there. A lot of roster turnover, always seem to find guys Great story with the, you know, with their catcher. Uh, comes up, you know, just kind of out of the blue, decides to throw a bullpen a few weeks back before their, uh, pro day, and he's up to 98. So, you know, he catches last night, hits a home run, then comes in and closes the game out. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, they'll they'll certainly mix it up again. And, you know, you turn the page and move on and look forward to uh, a big one with the Tar Heels this weekend.
1: So, uh, Molly, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, East Carolina, you uh, obviously saw them uh, on opening day, and uh, there was the great moment with Parker Bird. Uh, There were back-to-back shutouts uh, dealt, so credit to the starters, but also the pitching staff. Uh, Did you see, you know, Cliff Godwin said they didn't play clean enough baseball. Did you see where this, uh, you know, maybe there were some things that needed to be shored up and they were really going to get a pretty good idea of, of what it's going to take day in, day out to win at a high level uh, coming coming into this one?
4: Yeah, there were definitely some lulls offensively uh, from a production standpoint. You know, they bring – they bring – being Ryder brings in the little left-hander Aiello early, and he retires 10 in a row. Uh, you know, kind of a, a, a strange, kind of hard-to-hit left-hander that kind of throws below bat speed, but certainly the lack of competitive at bats in that environment would definitely be something that will bother the staff and you saw that repeatedly. It was, uh, you know, what Cliff wants to get away from is the big inning pirates. He wants that consistent production, as does every team in the country, want that consistent production uh, throughout the lineup, throughout the game, constantly making the effort to win each inning. It just, you know, was kind of a lull offensively. I think defensively, you know, played pretty well. There were some, uh, there were some walks that they would certainly like to get rid of. We, You know, even going into last night's game, you know, Lunsford sheepman threw so well at times, but then to mix in three walks and his outing, you know, you, you obviously don't want to see that. So, I mean, I think it's a lot of this, uh, the, the quote-unquote little things add up to to create big challenges down the road when you're playing. again, you turn around and you've got uh, Carolina coming to town who, you know, they will expose you uh, if given the opportunity, no different than, you know, the two errors last night end up being a, a big part of the game in the, in the loss to Campbell.
1: When uh, you say something like Cliff Godwin said afterwards, you're giving up free 90s, and that is not just in walks. I mean, that is hitting batsmen. That is, as you say, the two errors. You might be able to get away with that during, uh, you know, these weekday series against Ryder, Columbia, whomever. You cannot get away with that in games when you're playing Campbell in the midweek, when you're playing UNC this weekend. And you know, it, it just as I say this, it sort of dawns on me. East Carolina, just given proximity, might have one of the more daunting midweek schedules in the country, week in and week out, because of the quality of baseball in the in the state and in the region.
0: Oh,
4: there's no question. And you know, that's a big part of managing the RPI and and the uh the quest for kind of the postseason, obviously. From the team standpoint, they've got to take care of, of of what happens on the field, but the RPI and the scheduling are a huge deal uh, as it relates to the opportunity to host the the decisions on where you go postseason. And so, you know, a- although it is a game by game situation, the, the 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 bigger plan is for the totality of the circumstances. And and you're right, it, it's a uh, Th- those midweek games are, are for real. We don't have, you know, last year we had uh, what Queens University on it. We, we don't have that this year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a battle, and and it's balanced out somewhat by uh, some of the some of the weekend series aren't quite as stout as we've seen. So, um, you know, it, it's finding that balance for the totality again, and and trying to position yourself for a uh, for a postseason run.
1: All right, uh, it is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show, a shortened version today. Mully, can we get you to hang on through a break here and do a segment sure. on the UNC? In a, okay, excellent. Pilk, are you ready? Yep. 94.3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report with the affable Philip the Ref Pilkington and more with Mully when we come back here on the Patrick Johnson Show. But right now, here's Pilk.
3: Thanks, P man getting started in pirate athletics. The baseball team fell seven to six last night to Campbell. The staff only gave up six hits, but maybe a few to free 90s.
2: Yeah, but to me, freebies. And uh, you know, there were some bright spots by all of them at some point in time, but just not good enough. So uh, we'll get to practice tomorrow and get better.
3: The Pirates are not the only ranked team that fell last night. A six ranked Vanderbilt lost to Dayton and number one Wake Forest. Lost to UNCG, Demon Deacons tried to rally late, actually stranded the bases loaded in the eighth inning. Tonight, the women's basketball team will host South Florida as they look to snap a two-game losing skid. You can hear that here with Scott Rogers right at the top of the hour right here on 94.3 The Game. Some adjustments have been made to the future Pirate football schedules. They have added some FCS opponents with NC Central coming in 2026, Charleston Southern in 28, and Norfolk State in 2030. Due to the SEC going to a nine-game scheduled this game in south carolina has been pushed back from 2027 to 2030 and the game that was supposed to be at odu in 2027 has been bumped up to 2026 that's replacing that game that we lost where we were going to play against boise state that'll do it for your 94.3 the game sports flash update and pirate report more with mike mullis on the other side of this timeout.
0: We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
1: All right, uh, Mike Mullis, as we get you ready for ECU women's basketball here. Hey, Mully, um, the uh, Tar Heels are 4-0. Now, they got by uh, Elon last night by a skinny run, uh, but uh, swept through Wagner this uh, past uh, weekend. So I don't know if there's anything we could really tell. All all I know is this, when you go to the Bosch, you know, it's their program has reached a point where it's not like it's just a total purple gold takeover. There'll be plenty of that in the seats. Don't get me wrong, but the UNC baseball fan is like, in many ways, like the pirate baseball fans, pretty damn passionate. Yeah. Look, I mean,
4: um, And why not? Right. They, what, what they've done, the history there, uh, you know, and it, it, we're, we're a little ways removed from their uh, amazing years back to back and maybe even three years of making it to Omaha. Uh, but it still feels like it's relevant. Uh, they always are there at the end. And, you know, even you go back last year, they were kind of left for dead and then found their way back into it. And even to the point of ended up hosting, they kind of backed into that, uh, through circumstances that they were fortunate to be uh, on the, on the winning side of, but yeah, I look, you're right. And it just bodes well for a, uh, for a fun environment. PJ, I will say it. I've I've had a lot of people ask me, I, I think the, the format for this series is interesting. Is it, is is it the format that I would like to see? Probably not. I, I think it would be a pretty special thing to have, you know, this three games at Clark or Claire one year. And then, back at bosham the next year I, I just think you know it again there's something about playing a series like this on your campus so uh but yeah i mean i think it's going to be a great weekend and um, should be really good baseball
1: i understand why they are doing it because i was going to ask you about the format in a minute and but before i do well well you brought it up i'll ask you about scott forbes here in a second so uh, you know i I don't mind it. I like the idea of playing in a minor league park. You know, they've played it in Greensboro. They're going to play it here in uh, Fayetteville this go around. Uh, I would like to maybe see five county get in the mix on that because that seems like a, a really uh, good situation for East Carolina. Who knows what happens when Wilson builds their new park, uh, if uh, if that'll be something they'll take advantage of. So really from kind of Greensboro uh on and i know they've wanted to play to the bulls park but duke has kind of uh you know blocked some of those dates by bu- booking their own uh their own dates there so uh you know to me i i i like the idea of that what we saw with queens last year and we saw with the third ma- or the middle matchup with with campbell i like the idea of playing in a minor league park and i think it benefits the parks to have these early dates because it gives them another night of revenue and concession sales and and that sort of thing. Um, If it were bopped out and done over the course of the season, would you like it a little more? Maybe where you had a game in Greenville a few weeks later, a game at the neutral side, a game in Chapel. I mean, would that be a little more to your liking coach Mullis? Yeah. I
4: mean, I just think, again, uh, I mean, we know what, what a baseball weekend is like in Greenville anyway. And you look at this past weekend with Ryder in town and, you know, you got 5,500 opening day and big crowds all weekend, you know, despite the uh, – maybe it not being the most exciting brand of baseball with, you know, shoot, Ryder only had like eight hits on the weekend. So – but you still had big crowds. And you just know that with Carolina – and, you know, let, let's let's also – for the fans here, tickets for Sunday are very, very hard to come by. If you've got that over three weekend over three days, over the full weekend – it gives some of your fans uh, an additional opportunity to come, you know, to Clark or Claire and watch their Pirates play the Tar Heels. And I don't know, man. It, yeah, I, but in answer to your question, if it's a if it's a midweek engagement and it's played three Wednesdays over the course of the year, then I, I, maybe I feel a little, different. A little bit different about yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, how about Scott Forbes? I mean, you got to give him credit because even Cliff Godwin said this Monday when uh, I go and I talked to him. And that is, you know, Forbes could very easily say, "Oh, she could play once, or we're gonna not play at all." Uh, Forbes, I think, is doesn't get enough credit. I think he just, I think he's done a hell of a job in Chapel Hill. I think, I think guys want to go play for him. You know, they have as much as we roll our eyes at the UNC fan base, and rightfully so. I mean, their baseball fans are really into it comparatively to to some of their other wine and cheese fair weather fans. You know, uh, well, I guess yeah. the basketball aren't. They're just maniacs, but. Um you know I, I I just I I like Forbes I think he's uh, does a heck of a job and uh, I, he and Cliff Godwin are are alike in many ways. Uh they are probably
4: uh, alike in their passion for their players. They are alike in their love for the game, but there are some uh, some differences in maybe the edginess. Forbes is a little more laid back, I would say. Uh, and and Cliff is is obviously the the picture of intensity, but both. I mean, look if you've got a if you've got a. a I don't know, a, a man. I've been around Forbes optic. when he's
1: fire. I've been around Forbes when he's fired up, man, and he's he's pretty damn fiery. A couple times I've been no, around he, him, where he's, no, he you
4: know, He has that. He certainly has that in him. But the counter is: Have you ever been around Cliff when he wasn't fired up? <laughs> you, you, you know so that's that cliff cliff switch is always on uh forbes you know has a little more uh up and down but again if you it, it like you know i've got sons and if they were to have an opportunity to play uh for for guys like that at, at any level man that's th- these guys care deeply for their players care deeply for their programs they're both at places that they had a strong desire to be uh which makes a difference and yeah, but, but uh, you're right. Not enough um, – they're not enough superlatives to describe the job that that both have done. <clears throat> and I agree with you that Scott is um, – Scott has done a great job since taking over for legend there. You know what? It's always hard to be the guy yeah. that follows the guy. And, and you know, definitely uh, Coach Forbes has been in that situation. And, look, you get a feel with his staff all the way down. You know, Dave Arendis there, operations guy, is just a great guy. Uh, and it's a very similar feel – uh, from a consistency of culture that you get, you know, from, from, from East Carolina and, and the staff that, that uh, Cliff has put together.
1: We're talking uh, baseball with Mike Mullis. Uh, Trey Savage, evaluate his first start, and, and what are you going to be looking for out of your Savage Friday?
4: Oh, man, first start was, I think, exactly what you would expect. He comes out 19, 20 pitches in the first inning. are really up, but he's a little amped. Goes a little bit deep in counts, but punches everybody out, so that you know that 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 can decrease your efficiency at times. Uh, so I'd like to see him stretch those pitches a little further, get into the fifth. Uh, there have been some changes by the NCAA, where uh, it's kind of a long story, but it, there there it was allowed at one point to say, hey, this guy's on a pitch count or an inning count, and uh, we you know we will award the 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 W if he hits those numbers. So in other words, if you say, hey. He's going to go eighty pitchers or four innings, um, and he, you know, he takes that outing there. He leaves the game with the lead. Then he gets the win. The NCAA has now said, "Listen, we're we're going to go back to what the rule is, and the rule is, you know, the fifth. So um, I'd like to see Trey put himself in that position. Uh, but, but again, the strikeout numbers are going to dictate some of that. Obviously, we don't expect to see the same number of strikeouts that we saw uh, against Ryder. Uh, but he will always have strikeouts. He's got that kind of stuff. I love the mechanical changes. Uh, You know, he used to fall off hard to the first base side. Now he stays a little more directional, not quite the amount of head tilt, uh, and he's really opened up arm side uh, with all of his stuff. So uh, arm side being, you know, he's got the ability now to get in on right-handers with multiple pitches. Uh, The breaking ball is more of a four-strike breaking ball. that You know, last year, he got a lot of strikeouts on breaking pitches, but they were swing and miss because it, it was kind of, you know, if you can imagine the strike zone as a cylinder, it, he was kind of pouring that breaking ball into the top of the cylinder and guys just not disciplined enough to lay off. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the first outing man was exactly what, you know, what they wanted to see.
1: Uh, Mike Mullis is uh, with us uh, here. How about Zach Root?
4: Really good velocity up to ninety-four five. Uh I, I again he's been a guy that I have I just really, really enjoy watching him pitch. I like the the kind of the old school mechanics and everything's homegrown. It feels like he's he's built to last and uh stuff was good. He's you know kind of rebounded from a little bit of a bumpy early spring, but um now that the, the lights are on and it matters, he's he's gone out and done, you know, done what's been asked of him. And again, I think for his first time out would have liked to see him get a little deeper, but the strikeouts come into play there as well. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I think, a, a, a you know, a game effort, uh, for sure for, for root.
1: All right. Uh, Molly, what uh, happens this weekend really quick? Cause we got to get a break here in a few minutes.
4: You know, I think it's going to be great baseball. I think it's probably going to be a, 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 a two, one kind of deal. As far as the series goes, I, you know, and, 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 you know, call it right now. I obviously, uh, Love to see the Pirates come out on top of it. Uh, doesn't surprise me if it goes the other way. Uh, you know, the Tar Heels coming off, putting up nearly 50 runs last weekend. Struggled a little bit last night. I don't think their pitching's quite as sharp as they would like for it to be right now. Uh, so pay attention to that. But uh, I expect three really competitive ball games, and I'm looking forward to uh, to the call for Sunday.
1: Marvin uh, Mully at 2 o'clock on ESPN Plus uh, with uh, Evan Budrovich, I believe. This uh, weekend, Uh, Molly, um, Marvin Jarman, uh, they'll be having a memorial at the Rose Garden. Same same time as that Carolina game. It'll be a huge baseball event all weekend in Greenville on Sunday because of that. Um, But uh, I know you wish uh, and pass along condolences. uh, Everybody's got a Marvin story or two. And uh, just it's hard to kind of fathom and believe he's not with us.
4: Yeah, you know, it's the first time in my life and in my time uh, around Marvin that I realized that um, that he's human. You know, that he was human. He, he was a he was such a um, an entity, and and it kind of everybody had stock in that entity, right? It, it, you're right. Everybody has a Marvin story, and and Marvin took a little piece of all of us, and and you know the uh, our, our hearts go out to uh, to really the entirety of the community, more more specifically his family, and. Uh, the Rose family, he's going to be obviously sorely missed. And this is a day that I don't think a lot of us uh, ever dreamed of happening because, again, Marvin seemed to almost live in this uh, feeling of immortality and that he would just always be here. Uh, and sometimes we, you know, we realize how precious things are when they're gone, and, and Marvin Jarman uh, certainly uh, is, He falls into that elk, and he will be sorely missed.
1: Uh, Molly you know you're the best I, a couple of weeks we'll get to work together I'll be on the softball beat uh, this weekend but uh, I'm looking forward to the the uh, Leclaire event. It's always special and it'll be special working it with my my good friend my pal Molly thank you for joining us on a Wednesday Molly. Thank you buddy. I will talk to you very soon. All right there he goes Mike Mullis will come back wrap up the PJ show right after these words. And now, the stunning
0: conclusion of the show. Ah! It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game.
1: All right. uh, Great job today by our uh, crew, Philip the Ref Pilkington. And uh, we've got pirate basketball coming your way here in just a few minutes, ECU and USF. We'll have it uh, for you. It will be uh, Scotty Rogers and Rob Maloney on the uh, call. And uh, back tomorrow with a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, That'll be coming your way tomorrow. Have a uh, great rest of your evening, everybody. And thanks to Mike Mullis for joining us today.